0: But you know what? I thought you were mysterious like my mother until it turned out the mysterious just made depressed, all right? Hard to reach. I mean, I'm dying here. I don't like going out. You know that I get anxiety when I have to meet people. You know how hard that is.
1: Everything you touch turns to shit! Like King Midas' idiot brother.
0: Jesus. But if you two aren't the biggest pair of fuck-ups I've ever met in my entire life...
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Give Us a Second. A mini series? Brought to you by the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is our 53rd Give Us a Second. And this week, for Christmas, hmm. we're talking about Full House, Season 2, Episode 9, our very first Christmas show. Always exciting to do the sitcom holiday special. For those of you who don't listen to every single episode, you may have missed the declaration at some point that we were transitioning our television-themed episodes to the Give Us a Seconds and leaving the regular episodes for films only, but in doing so, that then allowed us to start tackling shorter episodes of television, 22-minute ones. Very exciting. We don't have to do hour-long episodes of The Sopranos or Mad Men or whatever. Yeah. Just keeping it loose. So now we can talk about the family-oriented sitcoms of our youth, the good old TGI Fridays, mm-hmm. which I'm not 100% sure Full House was on in 1988, but who knows when those lineups were all... I don't know when that were. started as like a thing, TGI Fridays, but...
2: It's hard for me to even gauge how many episodes I've seen of Full House. I'm imagining it's in the hundreds, but I really have no... Hundreds?
1: <laughs> Multi-hundreds, even though there probably weren't that many.
2: They had to have broken a hundred episodes, though, right? Well, yeah, a hundred,
1: yeah. yeah. but you were you said hundreds. <laughs> Somewhere <laughs> between
2: four and five hundred yeah, of right. the
1: one thousand Full House episodes.
2: <laughs> well, I do just think of the old television format of having like an infinite amount of episodes.
1: This is a show that I feel like I watched forever as a kid, yet there's no way that I've seen every episode because I didn't start watching it probably until it had been on for a few years, and I didn't really watch it much in syndication. But for people of a certain age, I do think that Full House is still a pretty big show. That's why it was able to be brought back in a revival on Uh Netflix. And it was pretty early on in the days of doing that. Now they've really scrape the bottom of the barrel for every show to be brought back but yeah, yeah it was a it was a big show for a certain time it was 192 episodes
2: by the way so i guess let me say it like this i'm not sure if i've seen half
1: i've probably seen most of them but okay that's some of the idea. early seasons you think you've seen
2: 150 out of 192 probably
1: okay that's pretty good <laughs> like a psychopath Yeah. <laughs> I don't I even mean, know if the people who are working on the
2: show have seen that many. <laughs> I did probably watch it mostly in syndication, but I do still remember when it was airing new episodes, probably like the last two seasons. Before we go any
1: further, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter, at Pod and make sure you're subscribed to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. Please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Maybe don't. Base your rating and review solely on a give us a second like this. It's a little looser, a little more just having fun, fun oriented. And if you'd like a free sticker, let us know and find us on Letterboxd. Zach1983 and Matt Crosby on that app. Our very first Christmas show is actually the first Christmas themed Full House. They didn't do one in season one, although it did air the whole season and they did do it during christmas time they just didn't do a christmas episode this aired originally december 16th 1988 were you even born yet
2: i would have been 1 years old
1: <laughs> one year singular written by kim weiskopf directed by john boab and i'll read a brief description before we really dive in oh please heading to a tanner family reunion in colorado for christmas The family, Danny, Joey, Jesse, Jesse's parents, DJ, Stephanie, Michelle, and even Becky, who is not a part of the family yet, end up snowed in at an unfamiliar airport on Christmas Eve. Stephanie worries that Santa won't be able to find her. And that is the basic outline of the show. This was an episode that I had not seen before, probably, although there are sometimes vague memories with shows like this where I'm not 100% sure one way or the other. But I found it on a list of Christmas episodes. Matt was originally assigned to find us an episode to do for this Give Us a Second. Failed. Just couldn't even do that. Panicked. Meltdowns. (laughs) <laughs> Too much pressure. All I did was Google Christmas episodes of shows and yeah. then start looking at them. I actually watched about seven or eight minutes of a late-era Boy Meets World Christmas episode. Oh. I had to shut it off. Horrible. Unwatchable. Unwatchable. <laughs> Even a show as corny as Full House Oh yeah, was infinitely more watchable than this episode. Now, I know that some of the earlier seasons, maybe, of Boy Meets World were a little bit more legitimate, but... Holy shit. Oh, wow. yeah. No,
2: there's some good adult material in this Full House episode, <laughs> I'd say.
1: I guess maybe, if you was sick mind.
2: Come on. That older woman throwing herself on Uncle Jesse?
1: <laughs> Speaking of Uncle Jesse, how old do you think John Stamos was when this episode aired? Oof. I have zero gauge. Let me say this. All of the adults, except for Jesse's parents, are significantly younger than us. Wow. I just always it, think of these people as older. It seems crazy that they're wrangling yeah. a, a family of this many people onto a plane. All right, so John Stamos is in his 20s. John Stamos, 25. Holy shit. Bob Saget, 32. Wow. Dave Coulier, 29. Oh my gosh. Lori Laughlin, 24. John Stamos is
2: one of the best looking men I've ever seen. But even watching this, I'm like, oh yeah, well he's in his 30s my age or older, right? Watching it today.
1: Well, I think that people who you grow accustomed to as being adults always feel like adults, even when you you. yourself don't feel like one. (laughs) And yeah, it is sort of a harsh wake-up call. At this point, at 32 years old, presumably the actors are supposed to be the same age as the characters, more or less. Danny Tanner has three kids. Yes. He is a widower. (laughs) He is also... I think in season two, he is now co-hosting yep. Wake Up San Francisco. Season one, I think he's a sportscaster or something, but then he right. yes, transitions he to this with his co-host, Rebecca Donaldson. Oh. <laughs> yeah. At 32, I had nothing. We <laughs> I were still doing... do at 39, but it's crazy. Co-host of greatest moments in the history forever. You have to grow up. Or lead anchor, I would say. So fast. No, I mean, we had just started yeah. probably around then. True. We were like, maybe we'll do a podcast. Yeah. Meanwhile, Danny's got three kids. So he's getting them on a plane for Christmas. Well,
2: I do always kind of credit Joey and Jesse for being the inspiration for us starting a show. Just because they did that radio show out of their basement, and you're like, how is this possible? Did they actually do the
1: radio show in the basement? I
2: thought so, but that could be me misremembering. I know they had a
1: recording studio in the basement at one point. Okay. I don't know, but I know they did the Rush Hour Renegades, Yeah, but I don't know if that was in a studio or... I I don't know. Yeah, also the will-they-won't-they homoerotic vibe also (laughs) playing into this podcast that Jesse and Joey are definitely bringing in this episode. Oh, totally. It opens with Danny videotaping. The idea is that he's going to record this family trip to Colorado as part of the show, People Wake have Up some San Francisco. Cynical takes on his reasonings for that. Yeah, the tax deduction thing becomes a running gag. Never really funny. No. <laughs> Most of the jokes are never funny on no. Full House. Even when I was a kid, I can't remember actually laughing at anything on Full House. <laughs> yeah. And we'll get
2: to it. It does seem like, especially in these early seasons, a big part of the success is having five moments built around Michelle being cute.
1: Yeah. And at this point, she's really only able to deliver one line yeah. at a time. But one thing that I do remember about Full House very clearly is that video cameras were a recurring theme. A lot of episodes okay, with video yeah. cameras being involved. That seems right. I think I did watch this
2: a lot as a kid, thinking, man, this family lives like a, a life of wealth.
1: Well, yeah, especially in 2022. I can't even imagine what that townhouse would cost yeah, in I San know. Francisco. Especially when you get to like the later stuff, which is what I saw
2: a lot more of. I would say like most of the episodes that I watched was Becky married to Jesse with. The twins, even
1: all still living in the house. Yeah, right. Living but in the attic.
2: A, all of a sudden, in the, yeah, like this house has like an impossible layout of how big it is. It like yeah. goes on
1: forever. I was wondering though if the video camera thing was sort of tied in with Bob Saget hosting America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, that could be. Yeah. Jesse and Joey barge into the scene. They seem like a couple. Probably wouldn't be able to appear in the cam just Cameron Beret movies. Yeah. <laughs> of today. <laughs>
2: Three adult. <laughs> Men living in like a family house situation. Well, it's sort of a dark origin story I know. for a
1: very lighthearted show. It is
2: weird, yeah, because you're constantly like, why do these three dudes live together? It's like, oh, not for nothing,
1: because these girls' poor mother is dead. Jesse was her brother. Right. And Joey is just a guy, <laughs> a homeless man that they found and invited in. Yeah. I don't even know if he was supposed to be Jesse's friend or Danny's friend or both. Right. If they were all friends, I'm not really sure what yeah. Joey's relationship was. I might have to actually go back and watch the pilot in the first season, because mm-hmm. out of all of the 192 episodes, I would say that out of the first season, I've probably seen the least. I can't really tell you. Baby Michelle. Much. Yeah. A couple of things are pretty clear early on. Stephanie is a brat. Definitely. Michelle is as cute as a button, mimicking DJ with the zipping her lips thing. Right just making faces and saying one or two words at a time. And
2: again, it kind of just feels like they're trying to find as many of these moments as they can get in an episode.
1: Yeah. They realized that they had struck gold with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. They were Mm -hmm. like, okay, not only are they cute, but they can act in a way Yes, they can deliver on camera. Jesse's parents, Irene and Nick played by Yvonne Wilder and John Aprea both appear in this episode They are characters that I definitely remember. However, they only appeared in season two, except for one appearance in season four for the wedding. Okay. Wow. So So if you remember them as characters, then you definitely saw season two episodes, because that's really the only ones they're in.
2: Yeah, I did not remember them as characters, and this was sort of actually worked as a A little bit of an origin story for me for the Becky-Jesse relationship.
1: Yeah, which it was something cool about picking this Christmas episode is that it's sort of before they are together as a couple and you can see the seeds being planted. I wonder when they cast that part for Danny's co-host if they already knew where they were going with it.
2: I feel like...
1: It had to be in the plans. Otherwise, why even have this other Yeah, this is only character? the ninth episode of season yeah. two. And I'm pretty sure, I'm not 100% sure, but I would guess that Lori Laughlin really wasn't in season one because he wasn't on Wake Up San Francisco yet. Right. But I don't know. Again, maybe <laughs> I should have done here. even a yeah. little bit of research. <laughs> I know all of our listeners place. are depressed that we don't know every single thing about Full House. Surprise! Becky's on the same flight for some reason. Wow. They're imagine all on the that. plane now. It turns out that she is on connecting flights cuz she's heading home to Nebraska for Christmas.
2: Yeah, that sent me down like a whole path about Rebecca Donaldson. Like imagine being in high school in Nebraska with Rebecca Donaldson.
1: Well, you knew that she was a shooting star. She was headed to Moving the big
2: time. to San Francisco to be on TV and marry Jesse, (laughs) They show up to the high school reunion. The part-time
1: drummer for the Beach Boys. Exactly.
2: They show up to the high school reunion 20 years later and you're like, yep, this is exactly what I thought was going to happen, and then you commit suicide.
1: (laughs) Jesse striking out with her, though, thus far. Oh, yeah. As evidenced by what happens on the plane. And it's his dad who is really pushing him towards (laughs) her. The typical, when are you going to give us grandkids? When are you going to get married? He's only 25, which is hilarious. (laughs) Now, here's something for the dorks like me. Christy Summers plays the stewardess. I recognized her immediately because I had just watched this movie called Tomboy, which stars star of private school, the great Betsy Russell. Oh, sure. But she was also in Savage Streets, which is another trash cinema movie (laughs) that I love. So I recognized her face right away. She has a couple of funny lines, actually. Absolutely. I was going
2: to say, it's kind of like, Philip Seymour Hoffman in Twister, where she just takes the role and makes it something.
1: You know? <laughs> yeah, everyone was thinking that. <laughs> Stephanie and DJ end up in first class because of a seating snafu with the tickets or something. I know, and I kind of enjoyed it all
2: backfiring on this dude, the old bald dude, who m- makes the comment about having his
1: seats reserved for... Although. You would think maybe that would get them on the naughty list, considering who that guy ends up being. Well, that's true. Meanwhile, if I was their dad, I'd be like, you march your ass right back here. I'm taking that seat in first class. (laughs) I'm not eating this bullshit back here. (laughs) Something tells me that your typical flight from San Francisco to Denver, you're probably going to be mostly smaller planes. Like, I don't know. These first class sections that they always depict in TV shows are like giant jumbo jets where people are like, Taking naps and... Yeah. I don't know. I, I just don't really like see inception. that that's probably the plane that they're going to be on. It just doesn't really make sense to me. Like, there's going to be that big of a first class... Well, this plane doesn't really make sense
2: in general because the whole size of the main cabin is
1: as big as what a first class would be, what you would picture. And it's only one side. Yeah. Oh, no, it is two sides, yeah. but you never really... Right. You only see the one side. It's only like
2: six rows. Yeah. <laughs> well...
1: Yeah. It's like the movie theater in "Say by the Bell. Uh Uh-huh. Michelle is afraid of that same passenger from the seating snafu, Lionel, who makes her cry because of his toupee. (laughs) 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 Which is such a weird plot point to write down. You're thinking, is there more to this? And it's like, no, not really. He has a toupee, and then she starts to cry. (laughs) So then they all start singing on the plane. That's right. Now... I know that this is characteristic of a lot of sitcoms and television shows, but it always jumps out a lot on shows like this, like Full House, where the main characters definitely are the main characters of their own lives. Where They're like, of course, everyone else on this plane is going to sing to our baby. Oh, I know. Instead of the usual response would be like, shut up. I'm going to kill you. Sit down. Well, a couple times in the episode,
2: is this one of them where they're singing
1: that the girl from Ipanema?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't really getting the point of that, but it was making me laugh.
1: It might've been like a recurring bit from other episodes. Okay. Or something. Yeah. I don't know. Long story short, the plane has to make an unscheduled landing, but they never really say where, which would be horrible. They're going to
2: Denver for this family reunion trip for Christmas, but then they're like, well, we're going to miss it just because we're stuck for a night. Yeah, well, they're gonna miss the day of Christmas, okay. I guess. But I'm yeah. like, how long are they going for? When you see the bags they've packed, it seems like they're going for months.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, one bag is just for a Santa costume, and yeah. another bag Jesse is needs just to for bring presents. His guitar. <laughs> I'm just saying, they never point out where they actually have to land, right? Because at one point they reference the Rocky Mountains, so you're like, oh, they're really close, and there's a ton of snow, and there probably wouldn't be in San Francisco, so. How close are they, and what airport is this? I don't know, it's just Boulder. a random, tiny yeah. airport in the middle
2: of the mountains. <laughs> it has to be a really small, local one. It basically only
1: has one room. When the stewardess comes on to make the announcement, everyone flips out, and then she goes, Sorry if I bummed you out. <laughs> <laughs> I know,
2: I did think that was a great line. And
1: it's official. They'll be stranded in this tiny, unnamed, one-room airport until morning, which will be Christmas Day. Officially timed to. Cue the somber full house music, which is a part of every yes. episode where things get taken up a notch. This would be terrible. I've been
2: stranded from flights for one hour, four hours. It's the worst in big airports with like restaurants to go to. Yeah. Being stuck in this room. We have a vending machine. No iPhone. Just each other. Oh, horrible. Lindsay's parents, they don't really go on vacations because they had like a horrible experience where their car broke down on one i don't know 15 years ago or something right and they just never left since and when in situations like this you just get it if i had to spend the night in this rinky dink airport with these people and sleep on these plastic chairs oh we're
1: not even there yet where we realize that that's what they're doing because that's (laughs) so insane at first they're just sitting there stephanie Carrying on about Santa. Meanwhile, DJ's like, stop. You're humiliating yourself. You don't even know. Yeah. Stop with this. (laughs) Control yourself. Jesse tries his luck again with Becky, who probably is dreaming up all of the college admission schemes she's going to pull in (laughs) 25 years.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she's still able to
1: repel his charm. Yeah. I don't know how. Honestly. John
2: Stamos, to me, is.
1: Well, she wants to focus on her career. And I think that by the end of the episode, it's evidence that she's—it's a battle. Yeah, she I wants mean, to give in. But exactly, she can't. I get
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> There's just certain dudes that I'm like, how can one resist? Yeah, his hair is insane. And the man still looks
1: incredible to this day. Well, so does she. To be fair, true, absolutely. Jesse's dad—I have to say—annoying. Definitely. It's like, all right, we get it. You want me to go after this woman? Well, there's a reason why Jesse's parents didn't really stay in the mix on this show. (laughs) One of which is there's way too many goddamn characters. Totally. (laughs) (laughs) Because then you're not even factoring in Kimmy Gibbler. Steve becomes a character. (laughs) Some of Michelle's friends, some of Stephanie's friends. Gia. (laughs) Oh, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) The legendary Gia. That's right. Turns out that the bag with the presents is missing. Womp womp. Both Stephanie, who is still being kept in the dark because she believes in Santa, and then DJ, who is old enough to be let in on the truth, start pouting big time. Meanwhile, I feel like if I was Danny, I'd have to be like apologizing to the rest of the people stuck in this airport saying, I'm sorry, my children are spoiled fucking assholes. Really? They're really making it all about their presence and stuff. (laughs) It's like, yeah, we're all sitting here in this freezing cold airport. During the middle of a blizzard. We don't even know where we are. They won't tell yeah. us. This is like lost. The whole crew, <laughs> the pilot and the
2: uh, air hostesses and stuff have all gone off somewhere else. There's like, no one like, in a charge. Nice hotel. There's yeah. no employees right. at this airport. There's no one there. Yeah, it does sort of seem like it's about to be like a Stephen King book. Yeah. Like, like
1: our plane disappeared yeah. <laughs> and we're stuck here forever. Right. And we're actually in purgatory the yeah. whole time. These monsters from the mist start coming out. <laughs> Joey then pretends to be Santa, and it's a disaster. Stephanie does buy it, but Michelle, a literal baby, is able to see through it immediately. (laughs) Once again, Stephanie, you're humiliating yourself. (laughs) Everyone hits rock bottom, feeling sorry for themselves, and it's Jesse who gives the big speech about the true meaning of Christmas to lift everyone's spirits.
0: Poor kid. What a rotten Christmas presents are lost I broke Stephanie's heart presents are lost I won't see my family on Christmas or my cow did I mention the presents are lost
2: it's all my fault if it wasn't for me we'd be
0: spending Christmas at home instead of in a baggage claim what's the matter with you people first Christmas was in a manger they did okay I mean, so what if we're stuck in this crummy dump? Christmas isn't about, about presents or Santa Claus or cows. It's about a feeling. It's about, it's about people. It's about us forgetting about our problems and reaching out to help other people. I mean, Christmas doesn't have to happen in one certain place. It happens in our hearts. So if you think about it, we could have Christmas anywhere. I mean, even in a, even in a baggage claim. D.J., what do you see right there? Coat rack? No. I see a big, beautiful Christmas tree. Joseph, what do you see back there? Vending machines. No. I see a Christmas dinner with all the trimmings. Pop, what do you see back there? Conveyor belt. No. I see... Okay, yes, that's a conveyor belt. But the point I'm trying to make here is that we could give these kids the best darn Christmas they ever had. And you know why? Because outside the snow is falling, and friends are calling you who. <laughs> Come on. Outside the snow is falling, and friends are calling you who. You who? And now it's lovely, wonderful, stay right together.
1: Let's be real. Someone would yell, shut the fuck up immediately when he started doing this. A riot would ensue. And then everyone starts singing. Not only do they let him give his speech, they all buy into it. And then everyone starts singing Christmas carols.
2: Yeah, you're right. I don't know how much I'm buying the whole Tanner ability to galvanize everyone in a room, no matter what the situation is. Well,
1: technically, he's a Katsopolis.
2: I know, but he's a tanner by extension.
1: (laughs) He's a tanner of Jace. Yeah. (laughs) And then, as we've alluded to, cut to everyone sleeping in this baggage claim. The lights have been turned off. They're all strangers. They're sleeping in hard plastic chairs, on the floor, on the conveyor belt. It's ridiculous. I know. It would be an awful experience. Except for Michelle, who turns on the conveyor belt, sending Danny outside into the snowy cold. not really sure the mechanics of all of this, but whatever. It's a two-way conveyor belt. Jesse wakes up and turns on the lights. Again, someone would be like, what the fuck, dude? Fuck you. Who said you could turn on the lights? They just act as if they're in charge. Someone who had just drifted off to sleep after struggling to get comfortable. He's like, oh, it's Christmas. It's (laughs) Christmas. Well, dude, it's still dark out. (laughs) So what is it? Just past midnight, you're waking everyone up? He just shoots Uncle Jesse. (laughs) <laughs> credits yeah who is in charge now there's no one in charge except for the tanner family jesse and becky do eventually share a kiss under the mistletoe sparks flying everywhere Absolutely. through the screen into my face i was getting a little you know i had to like fan you myself were chubbing a bit. Up. <laughs> yeah
2: i was like wow <laughs> but i will say this
1: is this the first time he ever gave a have mercy do you think it could be. Because I feel like it would be inappropriate if he kissed another woman and I don't said know. that. It seems like they had to write that into his
2: character like pretty early. but Or maybe that was just like a John Stamos ad
1: lib. <laughs> <laughs> Becky enjoyed it, but she's still planning on keeping herself yeah. at a distance here. I-,
2: I wanted to say this, though, and I think maybe Saved by the Bell just set an unfair precedent, but I thought it was like an underwhelming woo. From the audience track. Yeah. Those Zach Morris, Kelly Kapowski. woo, wo- Woo! Like thunderous. <laughs> this was a little bit underwhelming Well, maybe they for were me. trying
1: to, through the use of their sound clips and yeah. laugh tracks and all that shit, maybe they were trying to give the perception that the audience was a little bit more mature and adult and say by the bell <laughs> it was a little bit more teeny bopper.
2: Yeah, we're all like cackling over it.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there was any live audience in the mix for Full House, but some shows would do that combo. Right. But I don't know. It's possible that they recorded Full House in front of a live audience and then added a laugh track. I I could never tell. Well, some shows it would have been unlikely, and then other shows it was a hybrid. I don't know. It was weird. You could never really tell with laugh tracks because they just sort of I mean, it was such
2: a weird design for a show in general that's obviously... Less and less in existence as we move on. But that whole style of the idea of doing a show that's supposed to be characters having these life interactions with each other. But then we have a real audience laughing and then sometimes just sound bits that
1: aren't a real audience laughing.
2: It was a weird way to do things.
1: That's TV, baby. Yep. A random redheaded woman throws herself on the Jesse under the mistletoe as well, which makes him almost collapse into the phone booth. (laughs) Yeah, well, he wasn't expecting it. I don't even know how to explain this. And even reading what I've written down, it seems insane. But Lionel, the bald guy with the toupee, I guess turns into Santa Claus and magically makes the presence appear before he vanishes. So what was he doing on the plane? I don't know. Santa's a weird dude. We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording about how... These shows that were made for kids, essentially, and television commercials and cartoons and all of this shit would constantly reveal that Santa was not real, which as a child, you never noticed this somehow. I don't know. It always went right over my head when I was a little kid, I guess, when I I still believed in Santa Claus. I think I just took it as, oh, well, adults just don't believe in him. Yeah. like You would (laughs) justify it in your head. But then- Ultimately, what would happen is through the course of a 22-minute episode, we would learn that Santa was real, and that would be the big revelation at the end. And then you felt justified. You were like, I was right. But also, it didn't make any sense because Danny bought the presents, and that's already been established. So,
2: Yeah, I know. Well, it's like you then would what think- what is Santa doing? What a cool moment for the greater Tanner family that they actually met the real Santa. <laughs>
1: How many sitcom characters over the various shows met the real Santa? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really make sense. And then there's that little bit with the prehistoric top and all that. I was like,
2: what even is this machine?
1: I think it was just a word processor. Yeah. Like, it just has typing on it or right. something. Everyone else in the airport, when they're watching this whole thing, Play out with the presents and the Santa Claus. They're like, I'm glad your horrible family is happy now, but for the rest of us, this Christmas still sucks ass. Yeah, where's our presents? Now you're being annoying because you found your presents. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone else though, more or less, just buys in and goes along with whatever is going on with the Tanners. They're like, well, they're singing, so now we're singing. That's right. (laughs) To this day, we don't know how long they were stranded in
2: that airport. I know. It does seem like a, a trip ruined, but they made the best of it,
1: as they tend to do. I don't know that people nowadays fully appreciate how connective all TV shows are. Even sitcoms have way more connective tissue than they did back then. And I'm talking from episode oh, to episode. yeah, right. In other words, the events of this episode, our very first Christmas show, I don't know this for 100%, but I would say are probably never referenced in any way, shape, no. or form.
2: No, and the reality is you would be talking about this for weeks following. You'd continue to reference like how bad this sucked, but then how awesome
1: it was that you actually met Santa Claus. There's a chance that maybe in a future Christmas episode they do a throwaway line right. about being stuck in an airport or but something. But
2: it was just different because with the whole week-to-week viewing, you could really count on the fact that, A, people missed episodes...
1: And B, people just didn't really care to remember stuff. Yeah, there was definitely a more of a, a goldfish mentality with yeah. sitcoms back then. And that slowly started to change a little bit through the 90s because shows like Friends would have storylines that recurred. Right. And character development. And House started to do it, too. Like, sure. obviously, Becky and Jesse become a couple, then they get married, then they have children, and that's more of a long-term story, but from episode to episode, the specific events, almost as if they never happen from right. one week to the next, Yes, which in a way is kind of its own art form. <laughs> totally. We have to start from scratch virtually every week. <laughs> so yeah, I thought it would be fun to cover a Christmas sitcom for the holidays, a little treat, nice short little give us a second. I thought this episode was kind of funny. Oh, definitely. Maybe not in the way that was originally intended, but...
2: Yeah, and it was kind of interesting to watch Jesse's dad consistently
1: pushing him towards Becky. He knew what yeah. was up. <laughs> <laughs> One of the big takeaways is that the Tanner children are horrifying. And I've, I kind of feel like that was the case in a lot of shows that were... Kind of family oriented or designed for kids, where the kids on these shows would behave in ways that was embarrassing to me. You I know would what agree. I mean? Like yes. it's so over the top. <laughs> it's so funny too, because whenever they realize the suitcase full of presents is missing, and then even DJ is bummed because up till that point, she was still under the impression that things were fine. She knew that Santa Claus wasn't real. She'd already snuck around the house and found the right. presents that Danny bought. She knew she was getting a CD player, which in 1988 would have been a huge deal. Who is she? Patrick Bateman. But <laughs> She gets the Whitney Houston CD, too. Once the rug is pulled out from under and she realizes that that suitcase full of presents isn't there and she's not getting anything either, which is what Stephanie believes, because Stephanie thinks that Santa's not going to find them, then she acts just as much of a brat, which right. is even more embarrassing because she's probably supposed to be... 12 or something? I, it's kind of hard to say how old she is, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. She's way too old to be acting like this. It's so cringe I mean, to these me. kids are kind of spoiled. Yeah. Let's well, be real here. That's how they are on these shows, yeah. which I always found to be sort of embarrassing. Although, I guess it kind of gets less terrible, maybe, as it goes along, and they get older, and their storylines are more about friends and boyfriend girlfriends, and not about Christmas presents and shit like that.
2: Yeah. I like the Christmas stuff more, though.
1: I only wish Gia would have been in the episode. She was always a fun influence. (laughs) Pushing things forward. Yeah. I wish that they would have gotten into some darker material. I do remember they did some (laughs) sort of weird after school, specially type episodes that were a little bit strange. It turned into like Beverly Hills 90210. Well, there was one where one of their friends was getting like abused. By their father, or something. Oof. I can't remember which friend, like which girl it was, and their friend it might have been Stephanie. DJ I, I had a pill addiction, got pregnant. No, they no. never okay. did anything Perfect. like that. Gotcha. <laughs> Instead, they made her boyfriend a uh, eunuch, <laughs> Steve.
2: Steve, just a complete dud.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that he was in the Netflix reboot, too. Yeah. Like, we really needed Steve to I be a know. part of it. Thank God. The best thing about Steve was DJ knew he was a dud, too. It was just part of his character. Well, wasn't she, though, kind of? That is true. (laughs) Like, isn't that who she deserved, essentially?
2: Yeah. The adult males in this household were, like, eating up all the charisma.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Joey. Oh, God. (laughs) We could do a whole give us a
2: second just on Joey and how much he stinks. Obviously, like, the Jesse thing makes sense
1: as to why he is living there well i think joey just couldn't afford his own place on that stand-up comedian salary that he wasn't making because no one would book him (laughs) (laughs) i know but it is just such a bummer existence well alanis morissette wrote a song about him and everything yeah i wish i could say that (laughs) (laughs) i was actually thinking this episode would have been so much better if somehow some way kimmy Gibbler was on that plane but I don't know how involved Kimmy was week to week at this point. I don't think she was in every episode early on. Since I only watched this one, if you told me that she wasn't on it until like season five, I would have been like, oh, yeah. Well, it definitely wasn't that late. Because I can remember what she looked like when she was pretty young, like how Uh DJ looks. But they did a pretty decent job of limiting the reach of Kimmy Gibbler, unlike a show that I actually preferred, at least in the beginning seasons, Family Matters which I thought was a better show. Uh-huh. Except they let the Steve Urkel of it all overtake that show and right. sort of ruin it. Become the main focus. Well, it just got way ridiculous and stupid. Yeah,
2: too much of a gimmick.
1: When it was a family sitcom and was normal at the beginning and Steve was just a bit player, right? then it was a good show. But they let the, the popularity of Steve Urkel overtake the show and mm-hmm. it became terrible. Jump the shark with Steve Urkel. They jumped the urkel, if you will. But they never let Kimmy get that far. That's right. The one thing that I always thought was funny about Kimmy was that she was basically like a 12-year-old girl that these adult men would make fun of. And hate openly (laughs) and talk about her smelly feet, which was like a big thing about how much her feet stunk. Yeah. I never spent that much time thinking about that. But it is how fucked up would that be if you had a fucking twelve year old daughter and her friend came over and you were like, Oh my god, your feet stink. We hate you (laughs) That would be wild. I bet there's scenarios where it's like quietly happening.
2: You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Well
1: yeah, when she's not in the house, be like you need to, like, help your friend maybe right. take a bath or something. Like, something's yeah. going on with his feet.
2: Right. <laughs> or you're just with your kid, you're like, oh, are you having old stinky feet over? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was, like, truly, if you broke it down and acted like it was real, it was truly a bizarre thing right. to happen. Where they're like, your friend's feet smell so bad, I want to kill myself. <laughs> they would literally allow Stephanie and Michelle... And even the dog Comet would get involved in the bit of yeah. how much her feet stung. <laughs> Kimmy Gibbler. I guess it's just like she was unaware, you know? And then there was one time, and this was also pretty weird and fucked up. I'm remembering all this <laughs> shit now. It's all flooding back. <laughs> Boy. There's an episode where, of course, the daughters are complete bitches, which happens a lot. And they do a thing where they reverse roles, and then the, the adults get to be the kids, and the kids are the adults mm-hmm. or something. And then the the kids say that they're like not allowed to leave their room or something but they're all together the three adult men in the basement room okay and they have this fantasy of what they're gonna be like when the kids are older i kind of remember this and part of this fantasy yes is that kimmy Gibbler gets very hot <laughs> and then they're all like we need to be nicer to Kimley. it's like what so now you're you're basically acting like this? if your daughter's friend gets hot, we need to be nice to her so that we can date her later? See, I don't really know what the even thing. the point of that
2: was. No wonder society was influenced in a certain direction. <laughs> this is like the stuff that was on TV. Yeah, but it all seems so normal.
1: But now when you go back and you actually break it down, like what was happening in these episodes, it was so bizarre. That is weird. I would actually love to do a spinoff Full House episode by episode podcast and really get into some of this stuff. Could do. There were some wild episodes when yeah. you think about it. <laughs> That's what we'll do next. It's It'll called our... Kimmy's Feet. <laughs> Parentheses, boy, do they stink. Oh, no. <laughs> I always liked Kimmy, too. I never really understood why they were so mean to her. She was vaguely annoying. That was it. She wasn't mean. She was very nice to DJ and loyal. Yeah. She was kind of like a lingerer, though. Well, it made you wonder what was going on at home. That's true. Maybe not some yeah. great stuff. There
2: might be some darkness there. <laughs>
1: Why did her feet smell so bad?
2: Totally, yeah.
1: All right, folks. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Happy holidays. Yeah, happy holidays. We are, of course, continuing our week-to-week schedule all the way through the end of the year, but... We've already done a lot of our favorite, favorite Christmas movies, so there's not necessarily a lot of Christmas stuff to keep mining for the show. Not right. that we never will again. We but, can't
2: do It's a Wonderful Life every year.
1: Right. So some years it's going to be a little less on the Christmas front, so we decided to stick this in as a special Give Us a Second treat, but we'll be back with a regular episode in a couple of days. Of course, follow the show on Twitter, at Pod. Make sure you're subscribed. Give us a rating and review. If you'd like a sticker, let us know on Twitter. And as always, find us on Letterboxd, Zach1983. And Matt Crosby, anything else to add? Nope. <laughs> Send us home. All right. Thanks for listening. Talk to you
0: for the Christmas card. will do anything to make it up to me? This is my worst nightmare. Okay, Kimmy, I deserve this. What do you want? Well, actually, I haven't had a pedicure in... my whole life. (laughs) Ew, Ew, gross. gross!